Bill Gates is the co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Microsoft co-founder is one of the world's most well-known and most respected philanthropists. His organization's programs work across the globe in several key areas, including health, education, economic development, and gender equality. I'm Andy Serwer, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo Finance, and I'm joined by Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So we're seven months in, Bill, since the pandemic really hit the United States late October. What's your assessment of how the U.S. has handled the pandemic? Well, sadly, as we go into the fall, the number of cases and deaths is going to go back up again. And the reason those numbers are so high is partly because our response uh, was very poor. Our testing, our messages about uh, masks and social distancing make us near the bottom in terms of rich countries and uh, uh, how bad the epidemic has been. Do you anticipate it getting even worse in the winter weather? Yes. The amount of time you spend indoors, the fact that people are not getting clear messages and they're uh, you know, tired of the restrictions. And the fact that as it's colder, your upper respiratory tract doesn't do a good job of suppressing the virus. So your, uh, that seasonal transmission level uh, is pretty clear in the data. And, and so all those things are working against us as we go into the fall. Yeah, I know you're loath to call out people personally, including President Trump, for specific behaviors, but what can we do to convince people that maybe they shouldn't hold big public gatherings with people without masks? Well, I think the most malign thing is where you start to attack your own experts and you know suggest that maybe politicians know better than disease experts. You know, in this case, the CDC has not been allowed to really speak out. You know, when they tried to uh, put information on their website, that got edited by politicians. Uh, we now have a pseudo expert uh, advising the president. You know, Tony Fauci is a great person. His messages are quite clear, uh, but as 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 he gets attacked, those messages aren't able to develop the kind of patience and helping each other that would bring the death rate down. Let me switch over and ask you about vaccines, Bill, and get your take on where things stand there. How soon do you expect a candidate to be approved? Well, I think likely uh, early next year, uh, with any luck, we'll have two or three of the six that are in phase three trials right now. The Pfizer has a good chance of being amongst the first of those there a very experienced vaccine company and uh, designed their study very well. Uh, but also, uh, you know, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Novavax, Moderna, Sanofi, uh, we should have uh, choices of vaccines uh, you know, sometime early next year. Do the hiccups, I guess, maybe is one way to characterize it, that J&J &J and AstraZeneca have, uh, have seen, does that concern you or is that sort of a normal course of events? Well, having one or two safety stops where you go in and look and see uh, how was it related to the vaccine, that's not surprising, but these are 
you know, we need to take these things seriously. And we do have two of the vaccines, uh, AstraZeneca still, the FDA trial specifically is on, still on a U.S. hold, and the Johnson & Johnson recently went on a U.S. hold. Now, those are very professional companies, and they'll, they'll dig into it, uh, but if, you know, if it turns out that there is uh, a safety issue that could uh, knock out uh, some of the, the six, and, you know, it's amazing to have six, but, you know, some, some may not be efficacious. And so uh, it's great we have a second wave of vaccines that our foundation has been funding that come after those first six. And so even if the first six, two or three get approved, their effectiveness in terms of stopping you from being sick and stopping you from transmitting may not be perfect. And I know you've talked about the need for a global distribution plan for the vaccine. I mean, what could this look like in a best case scenario, Bill? And, you know, I, I guess I should ask you, what would be the worst case? I mean, how could this play out? Well, I think the likely case, which uh, is fairly positive, is that we have enough approvals and volume in the first half of the year that by summer uh, we're in a very different place than we are today. The number of deaths down quite a bit and so that we're able in the second half to almost everywhere open schools back up. We won't be completely back to normal because we won't <clears throat> have got to the 70% plus of the population vaccinated by then to really drive the numbers down. And as long as this disease exists anywhere in the world, the chance of reinfection will always be there. And so we need to participate uh, for our own self-interest, for humanitarian reasons, for strategic reasons. We need to connect up uh, with even the poor countries and figure out how we can make sure there's enough vaccine for them I mean, China recently joined the COVAX initiative, which is a group of 183 countries led by the WHO that work together on development and distribution of vaccine. U.S. has not joined, so you would anticipate maybe it would. I mean, this sort of puts China in a driver's seat, perhaps, in a way that no. we're not. No, no. China uh, has a number of vaccines that at a technical level look promising, but because they haven't been submitted to a gold standard regulator, they're unlikely to be used extensively outside of China itself. Now, you know, there's a few of those that could go through a process in Europe or the US and then would join the list of options uh, that we have for vaccines. That's only good uh, for the entire world. The US has shown a lot of support for funding vaccines for poor countries. The U.S. is a generous giver to a thing called Gavi uh, that got started back in the year 2000. And so uh, all the U.S. has to do is, is make a special allocation to Gavi to procure these vaccines. And in fact, some of the bills in Congress, uh, a Republican bill and a Democratic bill, have had uh, sums of money for that international response. And so we're hopeful when there is a stimulus bill, which of course uh, that's not totally clear, but that it will include this money uh, to buy vaccines for for the poor countries, uh, you know that would be in uh, in alignment with the U.S.'s past history of being uh, very generous and and playing a leadership role in global health. 
The administration bill has meddled really in the development and release of the FDA's vaccine approval guidelines. Can Americans trust that vaccines will be properly scrutinized before approval? Yeah, we did have a, a very unfortunate incident where the FDA decided that you needed to wait two months after you'd enrolled uh, over half of the trial and dosed them uh, in order to have a large enough safety database to see uh, if there might be side effects. And for a brief period, the White House was blocking that or saying that it was inappropriate or, uh, you know, claiming that one of the companies had had objected to it, which is just not not true. Eventually, the FDA did succeed in getting that in uh, to their guidance to the companies and the companies all, uh, you know, have their reputations to defend. So I think if the FDA approves a vaccine that uh, that is the gold standard compared to the regulators and the professional staff there, you know, is clearly on notice that uh, they shouldn't let politicians tell them what to do. I want to go back to that comment you made about the stimulus bill. So, in other words, international funding for vaccine distribution is tied up in the stimulus bill? Yeah, in fact, uh, the stimulus bill is the best opportunity to get that because it'll showcase that in order to be a good citizen and stop the disease outside the United States, uh, that the portion of resources required to do that is less than 1% of uh, the, the stimulus bill. And it'll just be you know amongst the various measures to help out there. I think given how distracted the country is with an election and all the problems the pandemic has brought that uh, no standalone bills are you know getting done for anything. And so being part of that overall thing, I think that's uh, how the people in the Congress who uh, support these things have decided that's the most likely way uh, for something to get done. Interesting. Americans have become increasingly wary of vaccines. Uh, sadly. And so with this major uh, time to be taking a vaccine next year, we hope, are you concerned about that maybe resistance even? And is the Gates Foundation working to address that potential problem, Bill? Well, in fact, the wave of uh, wild uh, stories about the vaccine, that it's, you know, uh, a conspiracy uh, and, you know, uh, you know, it's based on evil intent, often referring to either myself or Dr. Fauci. That is a wild new element that I, I wouldn't have expected. And so you do have to ask, is that going to mean things like mask wearing or uh, willingness to take the vaccine are, are affected? I'm still hopeful that you know, there's 30% of the population who understands this is to benefit other people. And so they'll go first. And that is that experience clearly uh, is people are seeing that there's, you know, very, very few side effects and that uh, it's working well, that then we'll be able to get up to the 70% uh, plus that we need, even if the vaccine's very effective, to block 
the kind of exponential growth in transmission and, and put it into an exponential decline. And, and so I think we'll get there, but you, it's more at risk uh, than I expected because of that political interference and those, those political messages. And a lot of those crazy stories are being shared, of course, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Have, have you or people from your organization been in touch with those companies to try to talk to them about mitigating the spread of that misinformation? Um, you know, I think those companies are doing more now to do that. Uh, you know, this is, is kind of a uh, wild phenomena and it, you know, we've, we've always had some awareness of vaccine, about vaccines, but not this idea of connecting them to a plot, you know, like microchipping people to track them or, you know, things that you, you know, even in a fiction story, it wouldn't be all that believable. So, uh, you know, I hope we can get the, the truth to be more interesting than the, you know, sort of oversimplistic uh, explanation of what's going on with this, this pandemic. Bill, many Americans are forced to wait in line at food banks or go to non-essential jobs that expose them to COVID uh, just to get by. Is another round of stimulus important to an effective uh, public health response? Yeah, I think we will get a stimulus uh, at some point. You know, even the Fed chief, who you know, that's a, supposed to be a pretty non-political job, is really, and you know, he's an economic expert, is saying that a stimulus is quite important. And of course, you're seeing the job losses as the industries that had some support, like the airlines, uh, are now, uh, you know, losing that support. And so the the layoffs including what state and local governments are gonna to have to do because they have less revenue. Uh, so they're gonna to have to cut their payrolls quite a bit. And you start to get, if you're not careful, into a negative cycle of, of the economy shrinking. So uh, although it's you know ultra confused, uh, like most things with uh, some of the current politicians, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful and in this case, the sooner the better uh, that uh, we do get some type of stimulus out. Obviously, coronavirus is a key issue in the 2020 presidential election. I know you don't like to wade into politics that much, but the two candidates have very different uh, visions with big implications in terms of how to fight to contain the virus. I wonder if you have any thoughts on either plan um, and then just generally about how COVID is affecting the election. Well, one thing that everybody may not be aware of is how fantastic the CDC has been historically. They're the best in the world. They train themselves in terms of how to communicate, including getting bad news out and you know getting people to take measures uh, that protect themselves. And they uh, they've been muzzled. They're you know you don't hear from them and their top epidemiologists. So, you know, if you want to hear what a politician who wants things to go well and people to, uh, you know, praise that politician, okay, uh, 
That's one approach. Or if you want to hear from people who understand diseases and disease models, that's another approach. And you know that there are many, many issues in this campaign. But one is is a bit about do the experts get to be the ones who are are uh, helping to set the policy or are the experts attacked when they try and share the the truth about the tough situation we still find ourselves in. Obviously the focus of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is public health writ large, but have you considered weighing in or advising in terms of election policy simply because it means so many people congregating? We're doing a lot on the tools and making sure they get done quickly, making sure that even within the country, they'll be distributed on an equitable basis as opposed to who can pay the most. And we still have a terrible flaw in our testing system that the government is paying for tests where you don't get the results back within 24 hours. And it's so such a waste of money and you know, it's helping to drive lots of infection because you don't hear your result until well after you've infected other people. And, you know, somebody works on disease, I keep waiting for sanity. You know, they should run the headline every day, U.S. tasting system worst in the world, you know, delayed results being paid for. I remember early on, Bill, I think maybe it was April, you said, that you didn't think things were gonna get back to completely normal until the fall of 2021. And it's looking pretty prescient right now. So where do you think we'll be a year from now, October, 2021? Are you still sticking with that? Yeah, well, I, the the slowness on the global response means that um, you know, fall 2021 won't be completely back to normal. In uh, our goal for that, should be that uh, a lot of the uh, service jobs uh, can be back in place and certainly school can be back in place, uh, but we'll have risk of it, of it coming back in, into the country during that time period. You know, I hope that there, you know, there's a small chance that the great new tools, the monoclonal antibodies and the vaccines won't show good results. Uh, the probability of that is very, very low, but it's not zero. So, you know, we're all awaiting the effectiveness data from the, the six trials. And it's very appropriate. We have, you know, many different approaches that at least the phase one and phase two data did, did look very good. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think things will be a lot, a lot different, um, closer to normal uh, than uh, than uh, to what they are today. And finally, Bill, um, your father passed away recently, and, and our condolences to you for that um, and your family. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, in 2009, I visited with you and him in Paris and interviewed both of you uh, for a cover story in Fortune magazine. So that was that was a lot of fun. And I know your dad um, was critical in terms of the creation and the mission of the foundation. What was his role in the creation and the and the mission and and what was his influence on on you? Yeah, he played uh, 
a critical role in many respects. One is his example is his book he wrote called Showing Up for Life that talked a lot about volunteering, civic duty. Uh, so even I was I was going up, you know, my parents were involved in every, you know, Planned Parenthood, United Way, Municipal League, you name it, and, you know, felt that was important. They talked a lot about philanthropy and giving. Uh, but even more concretely, when I uh, endowed the foundation uh, with the first 20 billion, I was still full time at Microsoft. And so it was my dad and uh, Patty Stonecipher, a, a great Microsoft executive that Melinda and I knew and trusted. It was the two of them in partnership that uh, created the foundation and got it going uh, and did a great job so that as I got more time free, and eventually moved over to the foundation full time in 2008, a lot had been accomplished there. And the whole tone, the, the modesty, the integrity that my dad had, had this very positive influence that endures to this day. Bill Gates, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your work and best of luck to you. Thank you.